0: back, everybody! Thanks for joining us. Um, possibly with some of the announcement, you may be joining us. Maybe you're new. If so, would love for you to leave a comment. Let us know that you are here with us. Um, whether you're new or not, we're grateful that you're with us as we move into a new book. We switch. We we switch just about everything. To be honest with you, we switch testaments. We switch tone. We switch theology. We switch. Literature, we're, we're not dealing with a, a history kind of book anymore. Uh, this is very much Paul writing some theology. Um, th- this is an interesting letter in lots of ways as we move into 1st Timothy. 1st Timothy is part of three letters, 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus that are called the pastoral letters. Um, essentially because they're written to people who are functioning as pastors or who in who are in some sort of church leadership, there's a lot that we don't know about these individuals. There's a lot that we don't know about these churches. Uh, Timothy is um, a, co- a co-traveler. He's he's a Greek. His father was Greek. His mother is Christian and is mentioned. Um, he grows up. Seems to be in the faith, grows up in the faith. So he's essentially kind of a third generation um, Christian. And Paul has taken a liking to him. Paul has used him as a co-worker. Paul sends him to churches, sends him on errands. Paul has been training him. Timothy now finds himself in Ephesus helping a, a church, a community. And so these three letters are often called pastoral because they deal with people who are, um, who are in the midst of kind of helping the church. And you know, Michael, you could listen to that description and think, well, Why would someone want to read these letters then, unless they were a pastor? I mean, that might make sense for us. But there is a lot in here about what it means to be the church and what it means to kind of follow Jesus in the context of being connected to other people.
1: Right. Yeah. So I think that's really a helpful frame here. Because one of the questions that, that all of us would ask at some point is, um, why do we pick up a book like Timothy if it in some ways it's like reading mail that was sent to someone else? I mean, my name's not on the two address. So why, why would I read this? And, you know, I think one maybe very helpful way to come to a text like first Timothy is to recognize that within the specific nature of the things that are being addressed, there are universal and um, deeply true reflections of what it means to be Christian in a universal sense, regardless of when we're alive. And quite frankly, as the early church selected this book to be part of our scriptures, we go another step further to say um, that it is relevant regardless of what is happening, um in the world and in culture that there's something true in this if we're willing to uh humbly submit to the words that has one one note here quick Clint that I think is helpful is uh my commentator makes note that neither Paul or Timothy are ever lifelong pastors in one place they're they're religious leaders for sure but they're far more of the apostle Type ministry where you go into a place, you support the church for a short period of time, and then you make your way forward and you help somewhere else. So there's also a nature in which uh, you have a seasoned, uh, you know, traveling itinerant kind of pastoral leader now writing to someone who's younger, but not necessarily someone who's going to always live in this church either. So there's a there's a sense in which there's a kind of mobility assumed in the text, and I think that maybe helps us relate to it as well.
0: Yeah, and this letter is a really interesting combination of things. On one hand, it's advice from a mentor. It, It is words of wisdom to a young leader in a congregation that has some issues, has some struggles. On the other hand, it's encouragement. There's personal words to Timothy that really don't have to do with the situation and the circumstances that he's in, but are simply kind of an encouragement, a challenge for him to continue to pursue his own growth, his own discipleship. Um, I, I, I hesitate to use the word psychology, Michael, but there is a little bit of an older man guiding a younger man toward some sort of maturity in his leadership, um, telling him things like, don't be intimidated by the older people, but don't be rude to them either. There, there's a kind of practicality to this. It won't surprise you, I think, that I love this book as a pastor, reading it through the lens of pastoring. I, I think I begin to be able to more deeply appreciate the wisdom of Paul as he's able to speak into circumstances that he doesn't get to be there to fix, right? He, he's trying to address some things, but he's doing that respectfully from a distance with the person who's on the ground in that, in that circle. And I, I think that gives this, this book, these books really, a very interesting characteristic though I think we also have to go on to say, Michael, because at their heart, this is also a book that deals with some issues. There's some not easy stuff in here. There are some issues that are cultural. There are some things that Paul tells Timothy that the church has struggled with really ever since, trying to understand and make sense of them. What do we do with those words? Um, things, for instance, like, the role of women in church and some other kind of uh, nuts and bolts issue, day-to-day kind of issues. And I I don't know, I I think, I hope that you will, as you come through these letters, I hope you'll gain a sense not only of Paul and Timothy, but I think you will be surprised by how remarkably contemporary these letters are. They, They don't read to me For the most part, there are exceptions, but for the most part, these don't read to me like they're 2,000 years old.
1: So I'm going to sound like I'm actually maybe even contradicting what I just said a few moments ago, but bear with me here. Uh, There's a sense in which Timothy includes some incredibly specific directions with very pointed kinds of details, and... We are most certainly going to come to points where things seem like they are maybe even excessively spelled out. Uh, An example of that is we're going to come later in this book to hear some qualifications for Christian leadership. And it's amazing to me because some of the things in the list for Christian leaders, uh, you're going to have people say enthusiastically, this is the litmus test for pastors. If, if a pastor doesn't fit, fill in these categories, then they shouldn't be a pastor. But then you watch and life happens and decisions get made and a mistake happens or whatever, whatever. And people will then come to a text like Timothy and say, oh, it's a guideline. You know, it. we, we shouldn't take that word for word, you know, it's the idea behind it. My my point here is this, is that in the book, that's one example of something that's going to happen a dozen times. And every time we see Paul and Timothy engaging in a very specific and intentional matter, I believe if you're willing to look closely at that and to really begin to hear the pattern, the heart that Paul's offering, these words move from beyond like a church manual to Scripture, to a reflection of what it looks like to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. It, at some points is going to feel a little painful because um, it's going to come crossways of some of our cultural assumptions, and when that happens, we should vulnerably and humbly uh, ask the Scriptures to teach us instead of us uh, trying to teach the, the Scriptures. But at the same time, I think an honest and inquisitive person will come to Timothy and will say, you know, I think there's a lot to glean here. And I think that as we allow uh, Paul's wisdom uh, being given to a younger pastoral leader to live in our own hearts, I mean, I'm confident, Clint, there'll be something here for all of us.
0: Yeah, I think so. Again, I I, I think where these books can really be of interest to us are in... Some of the depictions of life together in the church. and I, I'm always I'm always kind of torn when I meet people who don't go to church or who aren't people of faith and and they say, well, you, you don't know Church people have done this, and church people have acted like this and and I've seen Christians do this and that. i I always want to I'm always tempted to say, you don't know the half of it, right? Okay. we 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 who live in the church know how crazy the church can be. We know how misguided people can get. We know how dug in we can get about things that don't really matter. We we know that better than anyone. And, and whenever I have some non-church person telling me how crazy the church is, I just always want to say, I, I I promise I have more of those stories than you do. I, I guarantee you, and it's not even close. And yet, there's something wonderfully gracious in that. As as Paul and Timothy try to navigate these circumstances of well, this person is doing that, and and this group, ooh, they they started doing this, and and we've got a problem over here. As they do that, there there's a wonderful realness to it, a, a sort of genuine expression of people trying to really be Christian together. And while I think you know, if you were with us a couple of books ago, we looked through a book like Romans. That is deep and theological, and and really tries to set a foundation for us of what we believe and what the gospel means. Timothy has a little of that, but I think Timothy is seems to be more concerned with the bridge between that foundation and how we live that out, particularly in community. This is a fairly church centered book, um, and we'll talk about that in a minute. What that means for when it was written, but um uh, this, this is a book, I think, specifically intended to challenge us in the context of being a part of the body of Christ and, and is fully aware of the challenges that represents and some of the problems that it creates.
1: I think a really interesting thing about uh, Timothy, Clint, is that in a lot of Paul's writings, Paul's really concerned with putting down opponents – You know, really getting after false teachings and correcting the record. That's especially true in the 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Here in Timothy, it is, you know, a very warm relationship. It's a positive uh, context between these two individuals. So, it's not harsh in uh, criticism. It, it, Paul's not attacking anything per se. He's instead uh, encouraging and modeling a kind of best case scenario. And that makes these books unique. And I think it also you know, makes them interesting.
0: Yeah, I think there's a very different tone when Paul is writing directly to the people of the church causing problems, and when he's writing to the person who's trying to deal with the people in the church causing problems. It gives it a much different flavor. A a couple of background things about this book that may or may not be particularly helpful, but at least if they come up as we go through it, it may be interesting to know. Historically, there's been some real questions about whether 1 and 2 Timothy and Titus were actually written by Paul. And there's a lot of stuff in that there's a ton of words in these three books that aren't used in any of the other letters that Paul writes also the development of the church structure seems to be pretty pretty far down the road for when Paul lived and died um we are i think going to progress we'll be aware of those questions and we'll try to point out if there are things that have a bearing in that conversation but i i think For purposes of our study here, we're going to assume that Paul, in fact, is the author of this, as many scholars do. That, that's a question that they, you know, throw back and forth. And that these letters are probably written late enough in Paul's life that A, impedes him from travel. In fact, he may be under arrest at the time, Uh, or B, that allows the time to have a church community, particularly in a place like Ephesus that's fairly early, to be developed and and to have the kind of structure that we see here. Um, I, I think I, you know, again, I, I have to be careful because I love books about the church trying to be the church and the difficulties therein. And, and so I'll try not to get carried away on this book. This this is a rich book ground for me. I, uh, this is fertile soil, and I I, um, I can't really show you. But the, in my Bible, this thing is—my book of Timothy is highlighted and scratched up and marked up, and there's just a lot of great stuff in here. And I, I hope that it will be helpful to you as well. So
1: just a quick note about the tenor and tone of this study. If you were with us in Genesis, uh, I imagine that very few people— would have joined that study probably with a spiritual journal of any kind. I think as we went through that study, it's very narrative. There's a lot of discovering the characters and reflecting upon what that means, but it's not particularly devotional. It doesn't particularly connect to our understanding of our own discipleship, of living out our faith on the day-to-day where the rubber meets the road. Um, But this book, That All Changes – And this may be the kind of study for the next few weeks as we commit together to look through the book of 1 Timothy, where you do set aside a notebook and maybe you write down one word or idea. Uh, Most days, there's going to be at least one nugget of something that we can live with for a while, that we can let work within our souls. Um, Sometimes it's going to be very specific and it may cause us to reflect and ask, "How do I live that out in my life today?" In other cases, there's going to be calls to generosity. Uh, there's going to be calls to sobriety. There's going to be calls to uh, service. That we would be fools to not take as a serious question of for self-appraisal. How am I doing? Am I truly serving and loving as Christ has loved me? Um, You know, he's going to come to practical questions like how you uh, treat uh, some of the uh, older in need folks in the church, um, how you deal with people in the church in conflict. Some of this is um, just very practical kind of life advice, even. And so, you know, I would say if you're looking for uh, in this study, you know, a, a way to approach it, I might do that with uh, a goal to look each day for sort of a word for the day, sort of as we say in the prayer, uh, today's daily bread. And I think that this book will surely have that if we're looking for it.
0: I think the, the last piece that may or may not be helpful as we go through here, there are a a sort of host of issues that come up in the book, and some of them we understand Pretty specifically, and some of them we sort of infer from the text. And so, Michael and I will do our best. Some of those are going to seem very applicable, and others of those are going to seem kind of outdated. But we will do our best to help identify, if not the specific issue, what might be the issue given the word. So, Paul's going to make reference to some people doing some stuff, and we, thousands of years later, don't actually know who those people were or exactly what they were doing, and we have to take some guesses based on what he says about them to Timothy, and, and we'll do our best to parse that out. But I agree, a hundred percent, Michael. Th- this is this is far more devotional than a book like. Genesis, which I think is inspirational, mm-hmm. but th- this is a, this is a book of Christian teaching, a book of Christian theology. Now we're going to, there's going to be some looseness in some of it as to where the lines might be and whether it means literally what it says or not. We'll have to talk that through. But I think as we listen in on this conversation between Paul the missionary and Timothy, the the pastoral presence in a Christian community. There is a lot to be gained at, at multiple levels. I hope it will be helpful to you. I can't imagine that you won't find some things in this book that both challenge you and comfort you, inspire you. I, just There's a lot of good stuff in here, some difficult stuff, but a lot of great stuff.
1: Uh, that's, I think, a great place to end today. Uh, thanks for being with us. Hope that you'd share this with people who might want to join us for the journey. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Thanks.